Season two, season two, season two. Y'all, I'm going to do this right now. I'm going to apologize for my voice. I just came back from a fantastic wedding. I yelled, I danced, I made myself tired, my feet hurt. But that's not why I'm getting on here. I'm getting on here to say, yay, we're at season two. And I wanted to give a warning that before you listen to this episode, we do discuss sensitive topics such as suicide and other things. So please be prepared before you go into this episode. And I just want to let y'all know too, I am so excited for what this season holds and the many more to come. So I hope you enjoy it. So welcome back. My name is Danielle. I am the host and founder of You're Not Alone, and I am with Amanda. Honestly, y'all, I don't even really remember exactly how I met Amanda. I just know that Amanda really does have such a personality that makes you go, huh? She's going to do some crazy things with her life. Amanda's also older than me. She likes to point out because she just told me that I am a child compared to her. But she's also super sweet because we were literally on Life Group. And Amanda just said, yeah, I want to be on your podcast. It was out of the blue. And it was awesome. I was like, wow, I love somebody who will take authority and be like, I want to do this. And I was like, yeah, sure. Like, come on, come on the podcast, Amanda. But also I was concussed. So I'm happy that she told me to slow down. And she's like, well, maybe let's wait. But I just want to introduce you guys, Amanda. Amanda, say hello to everybody. Hi, everyone. I'm so happy <laughs> and excited to be here on this podcast with Danielle. And I'm so grateful that she's like letting me do this. <laughs> because honestly, I just like, I just love to talk. I guess low key. <laughs> But I do. <laughs> Y'all, I don't even know what we're going to get into with this conversation. Amanda's been here for at least an hour at my house, and we've already been talking about a bunch of stuff. So I really don't know where this conversation is going to take us. But I am super excited to see what's going to happen in this next I'm going to say hour. Yeah, let's do it. I'm excited, too. All right. All right. All right. So, Amanda, how are you doing today? How am I doing? Um, I'm doing good. I feel feel pretty good i feel like a little bit stressed because i'm like in the middle of like crossroads right now but i do feel very hopeful so i would say i'm doing pretty good (laughs) (laughs) i love how so what y'all can't see because podcasting is an audio um, medium amanda staring at me like i'm crazy a little bit because it's like she's waiting for the next question to drop and i'm so here for it but I, you said you're at a crossroad. So a lot of times I feel like when we are at crossroads, we end up sitting there going, what's next? Do you feel like in your crossroad, how are you waiting in this season? I feel like I, I guess I'm waiting for that green light, but I'm also kind of like in go, like Mm -hmm. in go mode. Like, it's like, if I want to get to where I want to get to, I have to go. Mm -hmm. Like I have to make the plans for it. I have to like take action. I gotta gotta have that discipline to be where I want to be when I want to be there. And so I really wouldn't say that I'm like, I'm not really waiting so much, but I guess I am waiting in the sense that like, there's only so much that I can do. And I know that you can only go so far and then God is the one that really opens those doors and closes the doors. So 
he's the one that's really like navigating us. Right. Yeah. So it's funny because last night in our life group, we start, we talked a lot about waiting and we were talking about like this, how we wait and if, are we waiting with like a steadfast heart? Are we waiting? Are we praising? Or are we waiting with anxiety? And I felt like a lot of times I sit there waiting in anxiety because I'm like, I just want this to happen. Lord, you know, I can't stand my job and I'm going to fight this person, change it. <laughs> but it's in reality realizing that in our waiting, it's he's trying to show us something. Yeah. So what do you think God has been trying to show you in your waiting season? Oof, I feel like he's trying to... <laughs> Did you like that? Oof. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I feel like God is showing me, man, what is he showing me? He's showing me about character. Mm -hmm. He's like really, really showing me like, oh, okay. You want to like talk about being humble? I'm going to make you humble. Like you want to like really, you know, be this kind of person. Like I'm going to put you in the situations where you are constantly being tested to be that person, whether it's like working with someone that you, who is completely different than you and who you do not get along with, or, you know, like whatever situation it is. But I've realized that like, God, if you want to be used by him, get ready to be uncomfortable because you're going to be uncomfortable. And, you know, regardless or not, like if you're following, if you're following Jesus and you're really trying to have a relationship and you're really trying to become more like him, then you realize like you yourself is not like, you're not the type of, you're not a good person. (laughs) Like we're not good people. We can't, we're never going to live up to God. Like we're never going to be like him, but unless we go through these different trials that cleanses us like they really do cleanse us so I feel like during this time of waiting is where I'm realizing like God is really just trying to like work through my hearts even though like it's painful and it's it's tough um but it's you know there's fruit behind it hopefully if I'm really truly being consistent you know no yeah you said something that kind of like you actually said two things Mm -hmm. I'm gonna try to hit both of them but first you said um you're not a good person right and I love that because I think a lot of times we're always like well I'm a good person but it's like compared to whom yeah if you're comparing yourself to somebody else then it's kind of like we've already missed the mark because we are not supposed to compare ourselves to other people, even though our human nature is like, I'm going to compare myself to them. Yeah. But then also it's like, but when you compare yourself to God, you're like, wow, I have fallen and I miss the mark every single day, but yet he still loves me. And I think that's so great because it's like, you don't have to be perfect. You literally, we can be imperfect all the time. He's like, it's okay. Come to me. But it's also that standard of, we are not purposely trying to be imperfect all the time. We're still trying to strive after a goal that we're trying to make. It's like, I am trying to live my life for you. Yes, I will make mistakes, but I'm not gonna stand on the mistake island all the time and be like, I made a mistake, woo, it's okay. Let me make a mistake again, woo, it's okay. Because I don't know about you, but there are sometimes I feel so convicted when I make a mistake with God and I know it's not him, but it's like just the Holy Spirit inside me that like sits me down and it's like, you don't need to do this again. Mm -hmm. You know better. Yeah. And I I get, it gets crazy because I know so many people will be like, what are you talking about? Like, I don't feel convicted that way, but like all of our convictions are different. So as we realize that, right. Right. So like, do you ever get in those conversations with people where they're like, well, what's wrong with drinking? And you're like, 
I just know that I'm not supposed to drink a lot. Like, I'm not saying you can't drink. I just know um, it's not it's not in the cards for me. Yeah. Or they're like, well, I like to go out. I'm like, and you're like, go ahead, go out. I'm not saying you can't go out. I love to dance. I'll turn on a music in a heartbeat and start jamming. I go out with my friends and go dancing. Like, it's one of my favorite things to do. But realizing our convictions are so different for each and every person. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I find myself asking people, how are you okay with doing that? Mm-hmm. Like you're you're a Christian and not to condemn them, but it's kind of like, I want to be okay with yeah. doing that too. <laughs> like you're okay with like, with, with, this is an example, like you're okay with drinking and um, you don't get convicted of it. And someone will be like, no, you know, like I feel fine. And I'm like, dang, like I want to be okay with drinking and not feel convicted about it. And yeah, like, like what you're saying, our convictions are so different because I feel like there's different levels to things, right? I mean, if you, if you're an alcoholic and you, um, you have that conviction of not wanting to drink, but now you're going to like smoke weed and like you don't have the conviction of not smoking because the consequences are different. Mm-hmm. Like you, you're more, you know, you don't have that conviction. So it's like, it's, it's going to be different, but I just feel like at a certain point, every single sin God kind of speaks to us about, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's like gossiping or smoking weed or, or drinking alcohol or, you know, just like, can I be more real and yeah. just say like pornography, mm-hmm. watching pornography and having sex, you know, outside of marriage and all these different sins, if we get comfortable with them, we kind of lose that conviction, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like if you're really speaking to God and you're really having a constant relationship with him, then you know that you're not supposed to be doing those things. And God does kind of speak to you and I feel like God has his own way of helping us um to get out of that sin Mm -hmm. so yeah no yeah I think it's that idea and that concept of religion versus relationship yeah or like when I was in school and stuff we used to always say um religion versus the gospel Mm -hmm. because religion tells you all the things you can and can't do religion will tell you you can't go to church with your with pants on religion will tell you you can't get tattoos religion will tell you all these litany of things that you're like, does the Bible actually say that? Whereas relationship, God's sitting down, he's going, I died for you, I love you. And if you spend time with me, what breaks my heart will break your heart eventually too. Right, exactly. And so it's crazy that you mentioned that too, because it's like our convictions are so different. Like you or my convictions will be totally different because we're in totally different walks of life. Right. But I was listening to a podcast and Tim Ross, who's a pastor, he said, Christians need to stop Um, holding non-Christians up to Christian standards. And I sat down and I kind of sat there and I was like, wow, no, he's right. Like you cannot as a believer sit there. And I mean, I get it that you're like, well, they shouldn't be doing this stuff. But if somebody does not truly understand who God is, they don't understand that what your relationship is like for you. Like if they don't have a relationship with the savior, they are not going to understand why we fight the way that we do for certain things, why we hold ourselves to a certain standard, not because of that religion says it, but it's because of the relationship that we have with the savior. We're like, I don't want to do this because this is like, I know you don't want me to do this. I don't want to do this because I don't want to break your heart because I know how much you have done for me and how 
I've broken your heart so many times when I've turned my back on you. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that before I became a believer, when whatever sin that I would have, like, you know, that I would do, it was, I didn't feel convicted. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel that guilt. I mean, I felt the consequences Mm -hmm. of whatever I would do. I mean, if I, if I drank, you know, really, really, if I drank a lot and then I went out and I get into a fight with someone, that's a consequence of me drinking. Mm -hmm. Um, but I still didn't have like that conviction. Like I shouldn't be drinking. I shouldn't be doing this. I shouldn't be doing that. Um, not until I became a believer and it wasn't because I was trying to, and I did kind of fight. I went back and forth between it because I'm like, I grew up Catholic. So I'm like, is it the religion in me? Mm-hmm. The, that religious perspective of like, you know, if I don't do the right thing, then God is going to punish me. Mm-hmm. Or is it because of the Holy spirit? Mm-hmm. But the more, the longer I've been a believer, the more I can like recognize God's voice. And I know that God is more gentle, you know, Mm -hmm. like he's, it really is like you were saying, like if we're chasing after Jesus's heart, then we are going to, our heart is going to break for the Mm -hmm. things that break his heart. So yeah. No. Yeah. He, it's so crazy too, because when you sit down and you talk to other people, we talk about, you know, hearing God's voice Mm -hmm. and we talk about having a relationship with him. When you talk to somebody who does not understand the path that you are on, it's such a foreign thing. They're like, so you talk to a mysterious being in the sky and he talks back to you, mm-hmm. but yeah, you think I'm crazy because I smoke. And you're like, yeah. that's not what I said. <laughs> but you know, go off, you know, have your way with, with however you feel like you want to speak right now. But he really is, I don't know, if you guys don't know the savior, I will say, like, take this moment to ask him, like, do you exist? And I promise you, he will blow your mind and show you that he exists. I know there's been several times in my life I felt like I was at the lowest part when my mom got really sick when I was in high school or some high school. Yes. When she got really sick and I thought she was going to pass, you know, when my dad went through cancer, cancer twice. And I was like, man, I'm about to lose him. And just every just recent struggles with in our family being like, I am in a super low pit. And also with work, you're being like, this is a, this is ridiculous. The stuff I'm fighting, but realizing that I'm only here because of my faith, because yeah. this would have broken me if I had not had an anchor to hold on. So what is something that you had overcame or what is a struggle that you had recently went through that you were like, I couldn't have done this without God? Uh, I don't know. I guess like the relationship mm-hmm. probably. So I just, I recently um, got out of like this really toxic, unhealthy relationship and we were unhealthy for each other. Mm-hmm. But um, I think just like being in the middle of that I'm so grateful that I knew that I knew God because I, I prayed myself. I actually prayed myself out of that relationship, even though I was praying for that person and praying that we would work out at the same time. Like when things got ugly, I would pray myself out of that relationship. Mm-hmm. And when I finally did get out of that relationship, I realized like how much peace I had and how much support I had from like my friends and my family that were like showing me that love. And I felt, you know, like God was really there for me and he was really helping me. But, um, and I feel like in other, 
in other situations, I mean, I've only been a Christian for five years now, but there was a time, you know, before I became a believer, I was asking that question. I was asking mm-hmm. God, who are you? Mm-hmm. So I was asking, I wasn't like, okay, let me tell you a little bit about, about myself then. <laughs> um, so I do have a YouTube channel and a blog where I've written a lot about my testimony. So I'm not going to, I don't want to go too long <laughs> about it, but I'll, I'll try to be short. But basically, um, I did grow up Catholic. And then when I was in high school, I stopped believing in God because my dad was a hardcore alcoholic and I pray, I would pray for him mm-hmm. all the time. So my whole life until I was 18, my dad drank mm-hmm. and, um, and he wasn't like a, just like a party dude. Like he would really drink. Like it was like a, it was like a regular thing. And I didn't even know he was an alcoholic until I was in high school. And I learned what an alcoholic was. And I was like, Oh shoot. I think my dad has a problem. Right. <laughs> and, um, And yeah, so I would pray for him. And I would even pray when we were little, like when things were like just looking ugly around the house, I would pray. And, um, and I had faith. I believed in something, but I just didn't know what that God was. And one time when I was in high school, um, I was learning, I was like in a, in a history class and I was learning about how, um, the Spanish, and the Europeans basically imposed their religious belief onto my indigenous ancestors. So I was like, okay, this is not good. The mm-hmm. Bible is not good. I just made that like correlation, like the Bible is not good. Right. So after that, um, I just, I stopped believing in God. And I was like, I don't believe in God. And I told my friends, like, I don't believe in God. And um, my friends, I had this one guy tell me, um, hey, like, let me invite you to a church. I think, like, I think you should believe in God and I'll just invite you to the church. So I, I ended up going to this church with him and it was Church of Redeemer, the mm-hmm. one in Gaithersburg. And I just felt a lot of peace and I felt like, okay, well, you know, maybe God, maybe there is something to this whole Jesus thing. So um, I felt some kind of peace there, but I never went back to God. So there was a lot of things that had to happen in my life for for God to finally be like, hello, I'm real. Like, Mm -hmm. look at me, Amanda. It's true. So I really went like the next few years, um, until, so like I stopped believing in God, I think till when I was like about 15, um, 15, 16. And then I became a believer at 25. So during that time, I really was just like really against God. And I was dealing with like depression, hardcore depression. I was definitely like struggling with like suicidal thoughts and, um, And I just, I wanted to be a Buddhist actually. Mm -hmm. Like I started to do yoga a lot and I started to learn how to like meditate. And, um, and I was like, if there's no God, God isn't real, you know, let me just try to have peace in my life. So that's what I was really looking for. Right. And I remember one time, like I was on campus, um, when I was in college and this girl comes up to me and she's like, Hey, do you believe in God? And I was like, no. <laughs> and she was like, she was like, I pray that God opens your heart, your heart and that mm-hmm. you accept him into your heart someday. And I was like, I was offended. I was <laughs> like, what? And then I went, like, I told my sister, I was like, this weird girl just told me that, like, 
I need to accept God into my life and into my heart. She's like, ew. And I was like, I know. <laughs> and then like the audacity. I know the audacity. Like I believe in God sort of. No, not really. But um, yeah, it was, it was, I had like a very empty relationship and my life was very, even though it was peaceful, it was spiritually very chaotic. Mm-hmm. And I opened myself up to the spiritual world of anything could happen. Like Mm -hmm. I was very much into the law of attraction, into the new age, into I didn't believe that hell was real. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a huge thing that I also want to talk about is that a lot of people, a lot of these, I'm sorry to say this, but LGBTQ community and a lot of young people, basically, let me just say, they don't believe in hell. Mm -hmm. These people really don't believe in hell. People who don't believe in God really just don't believe in hell because it's like, why would you, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like hell is like this place of punishment. If you don't, you don't have to believe in Jesus. If you don't believe in hell, I don't know if that makes sense, Mm -hmm. but like, that's how I felt. I'm like, hell isn't real. And I really felt like the enemy used that against me. And he kind of used me, used that to help like, I I opened myself to so many spiritual doors. Like Mm -hmm. I was into tarot cards, crystals and all these different things. And, um, and I felt very, very lost and very, very empty. And then by the time I was like 24, yeah, I accepted Christ, I guess I was turning 25 that year, but I was 24. I had hit like an extreme rock bottom where I had all these crystals, I was meditating, I was like all kumbaya and about peace, but I felt so extremely empty. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, God, who are you? Like God of the universe, show me who you are, tell me who you are, seriously, like tell me who you are. And I just kept asking that. And I found myself one day at the in the woods, I was completely depressed. And I was just like, really, I kept like asking like, God, who are you? Who are you? And then all of a sudden, like little things started to happen, like just little things. Like this random homeless man told me that, um, that God was real. Mm-hmm. This like lady at the grocery store also confirmed to me, like a lot of people don't believe in God, but, but you have to, like, you, mm-hmm. but you will, like you should. And, um, and I was like walking in DC and this lady like handed me like a pamphlet that said, like, it said, you are special. And it had like a little flower on it. And when I opened it, it was talking about how every single person is like unique Mm -hmm. and how God has a purpose for everyone. And it gave them the salvation prayer. Mm -hmm. So all of these signs, I was just like, Ooh, something's happening. (laughs) And then like, you know, and then this lady who I used to watch on YouTube, she was kind of like my quote unquote mentor. Um, I used to love her YouTube channels and I, and I would listen to her. She was into like the new age stuff. And she was also someone who didn't believe in hell was very much into like energy. The world is just energy. There is no good or bad. She became a Christian. Mm -hmm. So once she became a Christian, that was kind of like a huge thing for me. And then like, you know, slowly, but surely in like the first few months of 2017, it was, um, I, like felt that felt that peace in my heart like and it was crazy because the first time I had opened the bible in like a couple like a year or two years I mean my friend had given me a bible and I just like I just I never read it but the first time I read it with like an open heart actually willing to accept 
the Bible as truth and not as like something, you know, horrible that the Spanish imposed on my indigenous ancestors, blah, blah, blah. I felt like so much strength Mm -hmm. and so much peace. And the reason why I feel like I say strength, like I feel I felt strength more than anything else is because I felt empty Mm -hmm. when I didn't have any type of God or Jesus in my life. When I felt like every direction revolved around me and my decisions and my thoughts and like the law of the universe and makes me happy thoughts is like a happy life. Right. But it was no longer on me. It was now on God. Mm -hmm. And God was the one that was protecting me. And God was the one that was giving me strength. And God was the one that was basically my shield, my everything. And that just felt amazing. And then And then once I got into um, church, I decided, okay, I want to go back to Church of Redeemer where my friend took me. I just felt peace about that place. And yeah, and then I'd be like, I accepted Jesus the first day that I went into that church. My mom did. Then later on, my older sister did. My nieces did. And now we're like, my family's basically Christian. And it's, it's really crazy because we've been through so much. Like my dad has been sober now for 10 years. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. My dad has been sober now for 10 years and we've been through so much, like so much pain, so much like hell and back and so many different things that we've been through. And like now it's like every time we have like a little family gathering or yesterday, yesterday we celebrated my dad's birthday and you know, a couple weeks ago, we took my mom on this like awesome vacation for her birthday. I'm just like, oh Lord, we are so blessed. And we can only say thank you to you, like for, for redeeming us, for redeeming my family and for all that you've done. And it's like, yeah, like I might have been in like a toxic relationship a couple, you know, for a couple years, but at the same time, it's like, I know that God was as much as I put myself in that situation, God was pulling me out of that Mm -hmm. situation. So yeah, I just feel like, you know, so grateful. And it's like, and I'm not trying to like, you know, throw shade to the LGBTQ community. Like I know that there are good people in that community, many, many good people. But what I'm trying to say is like, if you don't believe in hell, then there's no reason for you to believe in Jesus, you know? But if, but Jesus is our savior. Mm -hmm. So, it's like if you don't if if you don't believe in hell then you don't there's nothing for you to be saved from that's what i'm trying to say so um yeah that's a lot <laughs> yeah you did say a lot you did say a lot and it's crazy because you also said for 10 almost 10 years you know you were in this yeah. place of not knowing and so you're diving into different um religions different types different things that are out there and i think it's interesting too because it sounds like even though you're talking you're like you know i'm not trying to throw shit at the lgbt community and i hope that if for anybody if they keep listening to it it's like you can see that you're just saying that i'm i'm assuming that you also had a lot of friends who were lgbt and part of that yeah area too. i took when i was in college i took a couple of queer um intro to queer studies classes and those were my favorite classes my my favorite professor was gay mm-hmm. and I felt very like peaceful mm-hmm. in those classes and I loved them. Like I felt included. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I was never, I never considered myself gay or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, I was really in there because my best friend was gay and I just thought it would be a fun class to take. Right. No, for sure. I know that there's a lot of good people in that community yeah. and I just don't want 
anyone to feel like you know like they don't they shouldn't accept jesus and because of that or something i think too i read one time they said the greatest trick that the satan has ever played in the world is to tell the world he doesn't exist right and because of that fact that people don't see how the bible says we battle against principalities not flesh and blood Mm -hmm. and because we can't physically see the spiritual battle we don't like to acknowledge that we are in a war every single day, every moment, there is a war being fought. And it's only when you start recognizing that there's a war being fought that you're like, wow, there is an enemy out here who is plotting for my demise, who is sitting here going, I don't want you to ever know about God. I don't ever want you to ever get close to even thinking to get saved. And even if you do get saved, I w-, he's like, I want to walk you away from it. And I'm going to show you the most extreme circumstances. I'm going to put people around you who claim to be quote unquote Christians or claim to be quote unquote believers. I'm going to show, I'm going to anchor you and like pastors instead of words. Cause you know how we idolize some people will end up idolizing pastors and then a pastor is a human at the end of the day. So when they fall, they're like, well, maybe my faith wasn't strong enough. And then it's also too, Cause like how you said, you took a queer class. My favorite, one of my favorite classes in college, my favorite two classes I took was sexuality and religion, courtship and marriage, so actually three, and sexual health. Those were my favorite classes to take because it literally gave me an idea of what the other side has been thinking, you know, cause I grew up a certain way, but to be able to sit in a class and understand somebody from a look, a place where you're not judging them, but you're like, what's going on? Like, I truly want to know. I want to understand what other religions believe. I want to understand this because I know somewhere in here we can try to meet in the middle. I may not agree with what you are doing. I may not, um, and I will definitely not do what you are doing, but to at least understand what is that driving force behind them, you'll sit there going, okay, it makes sense. And if you're, and if it is like, well, it's love and it's peace and it's joy. And it's like, when you die, we become air. I don't know, like, you know, stuff like whatever that's it could be. Then it does make sense for people to be like, why would I go to a religion that tells me there's a hell because of how I am versus there is no hell. I'm loved. I'm accepted. I'm redeemed. And I think that is like the issue a lot surrounding like the um, I'm going to use how we talk about the LGBT community and everybody else. And then people who consider themselves believers, because for so long we have been beaten over the head with fire and brimstone and you're not doing this right. And there's hell and there's death and there's fire that people forget. That's not how God originally attracted them to them. Old school religion is like what I like to call it when they use that conviction and that condemnation. If we didn't know each other and I came up to you and I started saying all this negative stuff to you, you'd be like, I want to be your friend. Yeah. What? I'm never going to be your friend. You're crazy. Stay away from me. Don't ever talk to me again. Yeah, for sure. But if we go up to them and we actually talk to them about love and that love is what brought us into it. Well, that love that said I love you regardless. Like mm-hmm. you can come to me and you can be gay. You can be, yeah. um, you can be fornicating. You can be an adulteress. You can be yeah. an adult. You can be a drunken. You can be all this stuff. And I'm going to love you first. That's the first step of the gospel, mm-hmm. not the condemnation. I think we're so quick sometimes to want to throw the hammer down, but that we forget how much God has done for us. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm like, we, he, he's done so much for me. At least I can say like, and I know I'm not perfect. Like we, I constantly, 
constantly think about cussing everybody out. I don't do it because I'm like, that's not going to do right. But there's been so many things that God has stopped, like has said, don't do, or Mm -hmm. he has saved me from places I've been where I shouldn't have been, where he was like, I'm going to get you out of here because you know better. And it's like, because of how his love has chased me down, my only prayer is that his love can, will chase somebody else's down before somebody steps in there and they say, you're going to hell because me going to hell was not what got me to Jesus. Yeah. Me going to hell was not what brought me into the fold. Yeah. It was, I love you. It was that you are enough. It was, I died for specifically you to hear somebody say that the savior died specifically from you, from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. He loves you, yeah. that you are enough, that nothing you would do will ever separate you, especially when you come from like a broken household or you suffer, you've seen abuse, you've seen chaotic stuff in relationships, to to know that there's a father who loves you regardless. That's what made me go, wow, I want to know that. To know like my earthly parents may, will die, you know, and to sit there and being like, God, (laughs) you said you'll never leave me or forsake me. Where are you to rage that when I'm living in Clarksburg, staring out at the window at the moon because my dad is in and out of, he's in Chicago for months getting chemotherapy and radiation and being like, where are you? You said you'll be with me. You said you'll love me. And then to have other people begin to show me that love and be like, I'm going to step in for you. I'm going to drag your butt to church and tell you God loves you, even though you don't want to hear it. Those are the things that attracted me to God to be like, wow, if he can love me this much in my broken state, if he can love me when I feel like I'm suicidal, when I'm praying Mm -hmm. at like 15, not to wake up every day, but sitting there going, I'm not going to commit suicide because of the fact that I don't want my little brother or my little sister ever have to deal with that. But to be praying that I don't wake up because I just couldn't take what life was throwing at me at that time. It's such a crazy thing that in the midst of it, he was like, I still love you. And then to hear my mom say in those times, she didn't know what was going on, but all she felt like I had to pray for you. And then to hear other pe- her telling her that she told other people, like, please pray for Danielle. And it's like how God chases you down so fast when you yeah. didn't really even want to, like, I, what I will say, I have known the savior for a while, but like my relationship didn't become serious until when my parents got sick. Mm-hmm. And when I watched my mom, have an episode where her chest was closing, where she couldn't breathe, where I was sitting at the table and tears running down her um, her face. She was just crying, but then she was worshiping in the midst of it. And I was sitting there at the table looking at her like, how can you worship when you can't breathe? Like, this doesn't make sense to me. Right. Like crazy. I don't, you get like, it just makes no sense uh, because most people would be like, I can't believe I'm going through this, but instead she's praying and she's worshiping so much faith. Right. And I got, I remember walking away from her and going up the steps and I walked into my room at her house and I said, I I got on my knees and I was just like, you know, God, I want to have a relationship like my mom. No, I want to have like a relationship double times that because if she can have the faith to believe in something like that, then obviously something else must be going on. Like, exactly. And I think it's always that wow factor. Like it's that one yeah. moment that makes us go something else has to be going on. Like, yeah, I will say God will chase you down. He will show you how much he loves you. He will, man, he will run you to the ends of the earth. He's like, how far do you want to go? Cause I'll keep following you. Yeah. And I think that's the craziest thing, but the most awesome thing about it, how far his love will go after us. Yeah, I mean, like, like you were saying, you know, and like something that I feel like it does have to be very clear. It doesn't matter if you cuss a million times a day, you're out here having sex with one guy, two guy, three guys, or even, you know, 
women or if you're gay, whatever it is, like it does not matter. God loves you so much and all he wants is to have a relationship with you. It doesn't matter how bad of a sin like you think you're in, like it honestly it's completely irrelevant because mm-hmm. as as you you start praying to him and you start talking to him and you start working that relationship in your own heart you're gonna feel it you're gonna feel like yes i want to make this decision no i want i don't want this anymore yes i want this no i don't and little by little like we all start becoming more like him and it doesn't matter how long you've been a christian because you know, it's like we know, like mm-hmm. it. You can be a Christian for a really long time and struggle with gossip or struggle yeah. with je- jealousy. Maybe um, being gay is not your sin. Maybe it's you know drinking or or smoking weed or whatever. But the point is that like God knows that, and he he doesn't care. He just wants to have that relationship with you, and he wants to like start somewhere. And you know, just like what you're saying, it's like when I thought about when I looked back in my life and I thought about all the Christians that God put in my life to kind of show me an example of himself to kind of be like, maybe I do want to be a Christian, even though I wasn't ready. It was all these, like my friends who were like very gentle, like Mm -hmm. they were sweet, like they were nice. And I knew that they had a relationship with God, but they never, you know, pushed it down Mm -hmm. my throat or they, they weren't, you know, like, like for me, like, I know I'm bold about it. (laughs) Like, I don't know. Like I, you know, I try not to be like, I try not to condemn anyone about it, but I'm definitely like, yeah, I'm a Christian. Jesus is real, y'all just saying, (laughs) but like, you know, but my friends, when I look back, I'm like, wow, that girl, she, her mom had a, a coworker who she was struggling with her mom. Um, with breast cancer and her mom passed away. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was talking to my other coworker and I was like, is she going to be okay? Like I was worried about her and she was like, yeah, she's going to be okay because she has Jesus. Mm-hmm. She has God. And I was just like, and I look at that, that coworker now and like, she's just so blessed. Like, you know, it's like, she really, you can just tell that she has that favor over mm-hmm. her life. Like, and I think about how, you know, even, even for Dries, you know, for Dries, um, who's our friend, <laughs> by the way, um, she, same thing. Like she was a Christian who I didn't know was a Christian. Like I didn't know that she was a Christian, but God put her in my life. And it was during the time when I was in college and I was, you know, doing all the non-Christian things. And like, she was just like gentle about mm-hmm. it. And it's just like those people, they helped me kind of realize like, okay, maybe I do want to be a Christian. Maybe I like, just kind of like as an example, just kind Mm -hmm. of like in the back of my head when I was really thinking about it. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, girl, I told you, I went to school in the South. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, some people don't consider it the South, but North Carolina going to Greenville, North Carolina, you know, we're like, it's the South, but other people, it's not the South. (laughs) It's always an interesting conversation. We will come back to that another day, but it's just like, to sit there and actually have somebody live out that path to show you like, oh my gosh, I went to, okay, I'm going to go to tangent for a second. So I, there was, um, this girl who, uh, I was in her life group. Her name was Lindsay. Her, her, she used to be called Lindsay Gatewood, but she got married and Lindsay literally is the embodiment her and then Brianna too. There's like two people. I'm like, they are the body, the embodiment of the sunshine. Like you sit there watching them going, 
what the actual heck? Like, I have never met two people so gentle in my life who are so loving, who literally, they can go through the most chaos they've ever been in and they'll sit down and be like, it's okay. And they're like, we're gonna pray for you. And they just laugh and the joy and the peace that radiates with them. You're like, it's like looking at the sun because wow. I would be losing my mind right now. And it's like also how like God will bring people like that in your life where you'll sit down and be like, they are so like that. They are treasures because it's ra- very rare to see somebody one who loves the Lord so hard, yeah. who has never really. You will never hear them say anything negative about somebody. But instead, will be like, "I'm just going to pray," and will actually then run to God in prayer. And you'll be like, "You know what? When they say they're going to pray, they mean it." If you go to that person, you're going, "Can you pray for me?" They're like, "Yes, I will." But I say all that to say, um, Bree and I went to Lindsay's wedding, and. It was such a crazy thing because one, it was the most beautiful wedding I've ever been to, but it was also like the worship that was like, they played worship to go down the aisle, you know? And you're like, okay, we're already sobbing. Like the whole, everybody's sobbing. They're like, this is a lot, you know? We're already emotional. We all know either um, Lindsay or her husband. They all know that stuff. We know their stories. They're both believers, things like that. But then you listen to their vows and their vows were so like God centered too. And it was just like, I promise I'll be there for you and all of this stuff, but also like how they brought God in the midst of it. And you, and I literally sat there going, wow, God, if my relationship, like if my wedding, if my relationship was not like this or something similar to this, I don't want it. Yeah. Because literally there's just such a peace. I feel like that walks around believers that, and those ones who truly anchor themselves in God, like they can go through the, the deepest storm in the world. And they're like, I feel like my world is falling apart, but I know who holds my tomorrow. I love that. And I feel like it's such a good point what you just said of like those who anchor themselves in God, because I feel like there's many believers who don't. And, you know, like Mm -hmm. you mentioned that earlier, too, about how we can idolize pastors, we can idolize people. Mm -hmm. And if we're idolizing people and we're idolizing pastors or we're idolizing a stage or whatever, instead of idolizing God, like we're going to be we're going to be knocked off. Like Mm where our faith is going to not be that strong. But and I, I just, when I hear you talk about your friends, I'm like, I want to be that person. <laughs> I want to be that sunshine. And one of the things that I think that God was teaching me during this time, like what we we're talking about before when it came to like waiting and what I'm saying is like purifying your heart. I find myself praying for these difficult people asking mm-hmm. God to help me love them and because that's what god wants right mm-hmm. like at the end of the day like he wants us that's who he is that's who jesus is jesus is someone who loved everyone i mean he had strong boundaries like he was very like firm you definitely respected him but he still loved yeah. and that's that's what we're called to do so you had heard me say there and i know you guys have probably heard me say multiple times too there have been times where i've like i love my job and there's been times where i'm like i could throw this job out the window i will actually jump out the window first do i need a job it's okay i don't need one then i go what you know i love my health i love health insurance i love going to the doctors i love getting my eyes shut you know like the normal things you know things that should be readily available i just like having that availability and I don't know, like, because you were talking about, like, just you found yourself praying for those, like, for people around you. Literally, I was just like, 
I was so angry with work, everything, my parents, and they were talking to me being like, you don't let them ch turn you into this angry person or the quote unquote angry black woman. I woke up that day after like talking to my family and a couple days later, and it was the Holy Spirit that dropped on me. And he was just like, you need to start laughing again. You need to bring back the person you used to be before you got stressed out. And I kind of sat there like, huh? And I realized, I was like, I have been letting a job still my joy and then also I had been getting becoming toxic because of the environment I was surrounding myself in I wasn't sitting down going yay peace joy like you know a smile it's gonna be okay I was sitting there too going yeah this sucks let's all quit you yeah. know like I was really getting down too yeah. and when you when there's so many people like in that low pit nobody's trying to come up out of it because right. it's easy for us to wallow down there right but I literally like Remember, I started praying. I was like, I'm going to pray before I walk into these doors, before I go into work being like, I don't know, God, I just need you. I need you to be a part of this. Please show me where you are, everything. Allow me to be happy again. Because I used to literally come into work, hey, play some music. Woo, let's go. Let's let's, let's laugh. Oh, let's joy so everything. But I had lost myself. Yeah. And I had lost myself in the midst of just the I'm going to call it chaos of the work and then the pressures and everything where I had to start going, yay, it's going to be okay. Even though it wasn't okay. Like, and I remember going around that office and talking to people and going smile again. Cause remember we came in here, we used to smile, like let's find a reason to laugh. Let's find into all this stuff. And then it became like, I just realized that slowly how the atmosphere would change and how I was changing too. Cause I was like, I don't know. It just, it's amazing to see the ability that you have. And then going to my uncle's funeral, and you hear people talk and you hear people talk about just the legacy he left. And you, I sat there and I was like, what legacy am I going to leave when I die? What legacy will be left after me? Because it doesn't matter if I have all the money in the world. It doesn't matter um, how many people knew me or anything like that. But what will matter is what my family and what the people closest to me have to say. Because if you can't say like good things about me, if there's not stories that people can reminisce on about the good times or like that she would pray for me or that she was always there stuff like that then it was nothing it was all meaningless yeah well I think a lot of people will say lots of good <laughs> things about you Danielle oh, you don't gotta worry about that girl <laughs> but um you still got a long way to go oh yes yes and yes <laughs> so you're gonna be here a long time but I'm pretty sure you will leave a great legacy behind like I'm sure of it I so, do appreciate it yeah of course I do have a question for you though yeah what's up so <laughs> if you could tell yourself anything you're like, so go 10 years back in your minds because she's so old, y'all. Like, what would you tell yourself 10 years? Like, if you met yourself 10 years ago, what would you tell yourself? 10 years ago. Okay. 10 years ago, I, I was 19. Oh, I'm going man. on 20. I'm so old. Yeah. Um, 19 going on 20. What was that year? Oh, yeah. That was a hard year. Um, I would tell myself, I guess I would just, I would tell myself, keep going keep going don't ever give up don't ever um don't ever give up on yourself don't don't listen to people who tell you that you're fine that you that you're okay don't settle like go for your healing go for what you need to do that is best um I would tell myself to set boundaries and I would tell myself to stop dating, <laughs> to like not be in relationships, you know, because I think I spent a lot of my time just trying to fill a void in my heart through relationships, through having like 
a guy in my life and I would I think I, I, I would probably be married by now if I really just took the time to focus on myself and mm-hmm. to really focus on my healing and my goals and not worrying about you know another person but um yeah and definitely you know I, I guess that's it yeah to make sure that I that I, I'm focusing on my healing and that I don't give up on that that I don't give up my goals that I dream big and make want to make the impossible happen that you know, like I'm still here. Yeah. I still haven't really made the impossible happen, but you know, I, I just, I'm like, Hey, one brick is a brick yes. <laughs> and that's enough. And that's where, you know, everyone has to start somewhere. Yeah. So, yeah. Do you think if younger you met you, would she be proud of yourself? I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, um, I don't know. I, I'm just going off of like what my gut yeah, is telling ahead. me. I would say, yeah, because I really have grown a lot and um, and I'm still growing. I'm still growing and I'm still learning and I'm still, you know, humbling myself. And like I say, like, like I said, like I have to pray for people, difficult people in my life and I still have to work on my own insecurities and my own complexes that I need to work through. But where that 19 year old was compared to where I am right now, I'm just grateful. Mm -hmm. And I'm just grateful to God that he has brought me this far. And I'm looking forward to where I'm going to be like 10 years from now, if I'm still in this world, hopefully I am. (laughs) Well, we are praying that you're still here in this world. But no, I think it's great. I think anytime we can sit back and reflect and be like, yes, I may not be where I envision envision myself right. to be, but I am so grateful I'm not where I used to be. Yeah. I think that's such an amazing thing because it's not like, um, I want to change my past because mm-hmm. it's like your past made you who you are. Yeah. But just acknowledging that like you're doing a good job. You have done a good job. Yeah. We say it all the time at work. <laughs> we get stressed and we will go around going, you're doing a good job. Because we, we feel like we don't hear it enough, which is true. Nobody will ever hear you're doing a good job enough. Yeah. But it's like, you are doing a good job. And just from that 10, you said 10 years. 10 years is a huge gap Yeah. where a lot could have happened. And yet you were like, I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to keep striving until I find what I'm looking for. And yeah, some people will be like, maybe like that took a long time. But for no, it took exactly as long as it needed because you were able to experience all everything else to get where you are. You're like, I survived. I survived the lowest pits that you thought you weren't going to survive. And more than anything, I feel like without those 10 years, I wouldn't have this conviction that I have right now. Mm -hmm. Like I would not have this, like I could talk to an atheist or a Jewish person or a Jewish person or anybody like try to test me, try to test my faith. It's not going to happen. I believe in Jesus. Like Mm -hmm. I believe in the Bible. I believe God died on the cross for us, for everyone, for this whole world. I am convicted to the max. And I know that if I didn't go through those 10 years, maybe I wouldn't have been so strong in my faith. Maybe Mm -hmm. it would have been like a little bit more wobbly or whatever. But yeah. So I feel like if anything, like, yeah, I'm just, I'm just very grateful, but, Mm -hmm. um, that I've made it this far and I'm, I'm definitely, um, you know, just 
I don't, I don't know. I don't want to say proud of myself, but I'm just You like, can be proud of yourself. <laughs> She's proud of yourself because we're proud of her. What? I'm proud you of myself. Proud of I'm not where I thought, it, like you said, like I'm not where I thought I was going to be. I thought I would be married. I thought I'd be living on my own. I thought I'd be having a house, maybe have like a kid or something, but it's okay. Like I am so grateful for where I am because yeah. it could have gone a lot worse and yeah man I've I've fought to be here and I can confidently say that I have really fought to be here and you know nobody knows anybody's story but their own but I can tell you like I've I really have had to push some boulders and climb some things so that I could get to this place and so I'm just grateful I'm grateful to God that he like brought me here um so yes no yeah i'm proud of you (laughs) thank you because also it is everybody's journey is unique right and yours matters you matter like you you. are enough too so yeah (laughs) always be proud of the fact that you are not where you were before every freaking day i get up i'd be like i'm proud of myself i could have laid in bed (laughs) y'all lucky i got up and graced y'all with my presence regardless of how my face looks like (laughs) but no literally be proud of yourself be proud of who you are because if you i used to i tell i i don't used to say this i still say this i am my biggest fan and I will cheer for myself when nobody else is cheering for me to the point where people will be like, oh, you look cute. I'm like, I know, because <laughs> I've already hyped yes, myself up in the bathroom. <laughs> I've already done everything. But it's like Love cheering her. for yourself, knowing where you are. Because yeah. like you said, nobody knows the struggles you went through. Nobody yeah. knows the battles you fought. Nobody was there with you in those late nights. And nobody has to go home with you except for you right. to know what you're facing. But I will also say don't also give up on those dreams that you had because it just oh yeah no yeah. I won't. <laughs> he's still the kind of the dead end I mean, you're gonna get married you're yeah, gonna have yeah, you're gonna true. have kids sounds wild <laughs> right now the idea of carrying a child right now stresses me out oh i'm like i can't like i can wait like i want it to be like you know god's approval and everything but um yeah no i'm definitely looking forward to being a mom but like no like i think yeah like you're so right i mean for me like i've gotten to a point where i'm like i will keep going and this isn't even my dreams like it doesn't even feel like it's Mm -hmm. my dreams like i feel like this is what god wants me to do Mm -hmm. and i'm gonna keep doing it until i'm no longer here and even if it's like you know it doesn't turn out to be like successful how like the world sees it i'm like maybe i was just meant to like plant the seeds and maybe that's enough and you know it's just like fully because i'm like if it was really up to me i would not have picked my own passions for myself i would have picked something different i would have picked something not as intense (laughs) but i feel it inside of me and it's kind of um and i feel like i don't have peace unless i'm moving forward with these with these things and Mm -hmm. it's like these little actions that i take you know so um and i think we all have to do that like Mm -hmm. whatever's in our heart because god put it there you Mm -hmm. know and we just have to kind of keep like working through it and carving it out Mm -hmm. but i also want to ask you okay what would you what would you tell yourself 10 years ago so I'm 27. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So young. <laughs> yeah. You're a baby. You were in high school, right? Yeah. Aww. 17 year old me. I think if I had to tell her anything, I would tell her to keep going. Because 17 year old me, I think, it, especially around this time, oh my gosh. Yeah. It was like, you had to focus on college right now. Um, me and my stepmom didn't have the best relationship at all during that time. I think I was a lot, I was very frustrated and I was still 
like I knew I was spending time with God, but then I also had friends who were just, we were all over the place in a sense. I didn't have a lot of believer friends around me. It was like, I went to church, but I really didn't care for, you know, we would show up and like get there right after worship, sit down and then run up out of there before traffic hit the lot and you know, all that stuff. But I would tell, honestly, I would tell myself 17 year old self, keep going and don't be so afraid because I think fear kept me from doing a lot of stuff. Um, I will never wish that I had a rebellious face to my parents or anything like that. Cause I'm like, I gave y'all no grief really, but I would tell myself not to be afraid because there are some things that I was like, I think fear helped me back and made me sit down going like, I'm not enough, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not going to get here. And I sat down yeah. for a long time sitting there going like, is it going to be okay if I move, like go to school in North Carolina? I didn't even know, like I knew college was there. I knew I had to apply for it and everything, but I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. And so it's just sitting there being like, it's going to just keep going. It's, it's going to get better eventually. Um, I think I would also try to tell myself to forgive earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, it That's took so me, good. yeah, it took me almost 10 years to forgive my stepmom. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was weird because it's like somebody who was at one point raised me and everything, but then the way our relationship went sour and everything, it's just telling myself like forgive earlier because I knew there was more in that relationship. But I do know that that forgive me, my unforgiveness that I held on to didn't hurt her, it hurt me. And there could have been so many more times where I could have felt more love, but I didn't want to feel it because I was so angry. And I don't know, you know, what that potentially did to my little brother. I don't know if he ever saw that I was angry with his mom or any of that stuff. I know my dad could tell, and I don't know what I did to my dad for the stuff that, by having that, you know, that mentality and everything. But yeah, I would tell her to keep going and try to forgive earlier because it, it's for myself. It's for the freedom that I need inside of me, not for anybody else. That's really good. Um, can I ask you, what are you afraid of? I think for now, right now, right now, right now, um, (laughs) I love roller coasters, but I don't want to be high up. (laughs) So if I'm being real, I think I'm afraid of being in control. And it's funny because me and my friend were talking about it and it was like, I will strap myself in a roller coaster. I will go and everything. But if I yeah. have to like go stand over a peak and have to trust myself in that aspect to know I'm not going to fall over this cliff, then I don't want to stand there. Yeah. I don't want to stand in a banister or anything. And I think that fear of like me really having control as much as I'm like, yeah, I would love to be in control. No, I'm afraid of fully being in control of my own life because I think I will steer myself off of a cliff. If I'm fully in control, like I need the parameters that God will give me. I need to know, like, it's not about me. Yeah. And because of that. And I think also what fear, what I'm so afraid of the most, too, is living a life and it meant nothing. Mm. Because I just I so many people are dying right now. So much is happening. Yeah. And I sit down and I go, like, I have student loan debt. I have a lot of student loan debt. <laughs> and one of my um, people I used to work with, when I co, she was kind of like my boss, but my coworker, and we're, we're friends too. And I used to talk to her all the time about financial finances and money. And I was like, oh my gosh, you pay up your student loans. So great. I don't, I have loan debt and I have a lot of it. And she would say, okay, and then what? You paid off what, then what? There's always going to be another bill. Yeah. And it was such a quick sentence, but it became so profound, prof- profound to me because I was like, She's right. I pay off my student loan debt. 
And then I'm going to have like a mortgage. I'm going to have this. I'm going to have that. That I'm always going to be like, I wish I could pay this all. But I just don't want to get to a place where I'm so like, I have all the money in the world. I have all this stuff. I have everything that the world sees as good. And then I'm like slitting my wrist because I don't have any peace inside of me, you know? Yeah. And I did have a friend who committed suicide, you know? And it was like things like that that was reminding me like, like with you're not alone, it was like why I was doing it. Like, because I was like, I don't want to ever feel that way to feel like there is nothing else. So there's, I have no hope. So I guess, I guess instead of me being controlled, it'd be like that hopelessness is my fear of ever being to the place where I like, there is no hope. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, no, I, I totally understand that. Um, I think that, I think that's one of like my fears too, just Mm -hmm. leaving and feeling like, you know, I didn't do anything in this world. And I think that's like why I try to do things that I know that I can do. Mm -hmm. um, So that even if I leave this world tomorrow, I did leave something, like something positive. Right. And I hope that people feel comfortable around me and I'm some something positive in other people's life mm-hmm. that I know I, I can be very sassy and, and like, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to be the positive thing in everybody's life yeah. but um but yeah but I think it's it's true it's very important to like just have that peace in your life right yeah so as we're coming to an end yeah. do you have any last words or encouragement for the listeners um yeah uh okay so last words i hope that you whoever is listening right now that if you have a big dream in your heart or if you want to start a podcast or write a blog or sell your art um or i don't know be a rapper (laughs) whatever you want to do and it might seem crazy to other people just do it just take some baby steps towards it And never give up on that dream. And, you know, I'm not saying like, I know I'm not someone who has like done a lot of big things in my life or whatever, but just like being able to do something that makes you happy, makes you happy. Mm -hmm. And also if you're someone who struggles with suicidal thoughts and depression, I know if you're a Christian saying that Jesus loves you, it's not enough. Mm-hmm. You need to go to therapy. Yep. You need to get medication. You need to do things that will physically alter your brain to help you. And also know that these darkened days, they're not forever. Mm-hmm. They do pass too. And if you're still alive and you're still breathing, well, God has a purpose for you. Mm-hmm. So don't leave before that purpose can be fulfilled because there's someone else waiting for you to fulfill that purpose. Yeah. So just hang in there. And um, and I hope that you would reach out to someone and just know that there's a lot of good people in the world who do care. Um, so, yeah. So I encourage everyone to just have a great blessing. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, you guys heard it from Amanda. Literally, too, like for you guys who are f- struggling with like suicide, depression, any of that stuff, please know that you are not alone in the midst of it. Please know that you matter, that you are loved, and that you are enough. At any time, you can reach out to somebody. And if you don't have anybody to reach out to, the suicide hotline is always available. There's therapy, that's sliding scale therapy. There's all these other tools. I don't want to ever hear that your light was snuffed out before the time. 
So we're praying for you. We love you guys. And until next time, bye. Bye. Thank you for listening.